Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, the editorial director here at QSR Magazine, and joined by my colleague and co-host, Ben Coley, the editor of QSR. All right, so this week we are headed into the pizza world. I think it's been a while since we did that, and we were talking about how much pizza you know Ben could eat and how large the slices would be. It's an exciting episode. But this week we're going a little bit to a different you know concept here. We're talking to Tom Krause, the CEO of Donato's. I think most people who are probably listening to this are very familiar with the brand, Tom. But you know, if you just want to start, you know, first of all, thank you for joining us. But maybe tell us a little bit about the brand and about your journey, and we'll take it from there. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I love talking about pizza. So, um, yeah, Donato's is a it's a sixty year old brand. So my uh, my father in law started the company when he was nineteen years old. Uh, had a little pizza shop on the south end of Columbus, Ohio, and uh, he was going to school at Ohio State at the time. But <clears throat> he had an opportunity a couple of times to to get into the pizza business and ask for money from his dad to buy a pizza shop. And his dad said, "You know what? I think you should stay in school. Plus, pizza's just a fad." And <laughs> wow! That's, yeah, that is, that is very interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. So officially, Jim's father was wrong, uh, or, it, or it's a very long fad, one or the other. But uh, yeah, so uh, so he started on the south side of Columbus in a little 800 square foot space in front of his future father-in-law's plumbing shop. And, uh, you know, he always had this vision to go into business and do it what he would call the right way which is, you know, he had a lot of, a lot of guys on the South end who were in business who were kind of cutthroat, you know, get the other guy before he gets you kind of thing. And he watched all that as a young man and said, you know, one day I'm going to go into business and I'm going to create a company where people can bring their values uh, to work with them. And back then it was kind of a, a weird concept. You know, they looked at him like he was, you know, what are you, what are you talking about? He, I mean, I think he even used the word love, you know, we gotta, we gotta bring love into the business. And they, mm-hmm. you know, these guys are like, what are you talking about love? <laughs> you know, we hide our sales so we don't have to report it to, you know, the IRS. That's what we do. <laughs> and uh, so he, he would, and he, he's been the same. He's, he's going to turn 80 in August this oh year. God. And uh, he really set the stage for a company that, uh, really has a really great culture, uh, and it was all about doing something bigger and better for the customer, for the community, uh, that kind of a thing. You know, the the pizza was always going to have more toppings on it than you would expect, and we'd you know pay our people more, and we'd give back to the community, and that kind of a thing. So he, from the minute he started, uh, you know, back in. Uh, May of 1963, he had lines out the door and he, you know, he expanded uh, a few years later. And when he found out that he couldn't deliver a consistent product at these two different locations, he had two locations that he added. And, you know, when you get phone calls from customers said, hey, I ordered pizza from your East location and they ran out of, uh, you know, cheese and say so just sprinkle parmesan on it and or you know and, and 
So once he saw that he couldn't really grow it consistently, he shut those back down and built a system, which I can talk about later if you want, but it's a system that's really allows you to scale. And so, so that was a big learning. And so he kind of brought, you know, scaled back and then, and then really started to grow. Uh, and then by the late nineties, um, had such a popular brand with a great operating platform that McDonald's knocked on our door out of nowhere, really. I mean, the family was talking about how to grow and should we look at private equity money? Should we go IPO? Just exploring. And McDonald's came to the table back when they were, you know, doing their kind of portfolio strategy with Chipotle, Boston Market and Donato's. So after a few months of the family trying to figure that out, they they said yes. And we were with McDonald's for four years. And when their stock went to an all-time low, uh, Jim's daughter, Jane, my wife, ended up going to Jim and convincing him that we should buy the company back. So it's a pretty good story. Sold at a pretty good number and bought back at a pretty good number, too. You know, I'm I'm still trying to figure out how somebody could taste pizza and decide it was a fad. I mean, I've been <laughs> I've been I've been wrong a lot in my life, but that You're seems, stuck on uh, that, huh? <laughs> I mean, it just seems uh, it's, you know it's one of the great products on the universe, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm glad nobody listened though. You know, you know, maybe it's being a father. Maybe maybe he really didn't believe that, but he was trying everything he could to keep his son from dropping out of school. So mm-hmm. you, you'll learn that soon, Danny. You'll be <laughs> you'll be making up stories just to convince your kids to try to listen to you. Uh, yeah, this pizza sucks. You need to go back <laughs> in school. You know <laughs> exactly. This tastes terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, t- talk to us, uh, bring us back a little bit to, you know, when it, the company was repurchased there. Um, I think that McDonald's story is probably pretty familiar to a lot of people listening. And, um, you know, how the company, you know, re-ingrained and re-entrenched and, and went from there to where it is now, which is, you know, in really interesting shape. You know, of course, we'll, we'll get into a little bit with some of the things that are happening in terms of Reef and Red Robin and, you know, that latter one maybe being, you know, one of the more exciting initiatives we've seen probably in a while. But, um, but yeah, talk about that, those early days and what, you know, that looked like and taking it back and where you had to go from there. Yeah, you know, the first thing was really kind of unwinding a lot because, you know, McDonald's was in the midst of a high growth kind of strategy with us. I mean, we were, we were opening restaurants faster than you can believe and so we weren't fully developed into certain markets and then they changed the strategy, you know, really kind of like in, in a day brought in a new CEO. So, so we had a lot of financial unwinding to do, you know, a lot of, uh, yeah, we had some stores we had to close. We kept a couple of markets open, which we later ended up having to close cause we just didn't, we didn't have the, uh, you know, the support needed, but, um, you know, probably the biggest thing is under McDonald's, we were building these big buildings, freestanding units. It was kind of a, you know, and I'm, it's not a criticism of McDonald's, but you know, they've got a formula and they were applying that formula, which was a freestanding building that was 2,800 square feet with, you know, certain number of 
seats and every building would be the same. And pizza business is, you've got to be able to make money at, at a lower volume. You know, the average pizza place in America, I think does $900,000 a year, something like that. And so we were building these buildings where the break even was just unreasonable. So the, to answer your question, I think the first thing we did is say, well, let's, let's peel back what the brand really is. And it's not about the building, really. It's, you know, it's about the product and it's about what makes us different. And then, you know, we'll make sure that the, the building or the asset is, you know, fits the neighborhood. If you need a big building and a big dining room in a small town, we would build that. If in an urban area, it was a delivery carryout only unit, we'd build that. That, that was how we kind of undid the, the brand work that McDonald's had done with us was, you know, it's, it's, it's not a cookie cutter. It's, it's Donato's, which is about the product, but. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, even from their own perspective, I, I think it was helpful for them to get back on the track of paying attention to what they were doing. And now look how much better they're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny, funny though, because it's not like that. It, to Wall Street, it was a, quote, distraction, but it really wasn't. I mean, in the scheme of the size of who they are, yeah. uh, it, it, it maybe appeared to be a distraction, but but it was the right thing for them, and it was ended up being the right thing for us, too, frankly. Mm-hmm. Put us on the map. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Well, you know, we, we talked about, um, you know, your guys' history, and I believe you said May 63 is when um, – it got started. So that would mean that this month marks the uh, was it 60th anniversary of the. Uh, That's right. That company. is the correct math. <laughs> yeah, I was I was doing it in my head. I was like doing it, I was doing it multiple times. I tried to embarrass myself there. Um, so your father convinced you to stay in school too. Then right? <laughs> ben, ben is a valedictorian, actually. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, Rarely beat school. a valedictorian. Yeah. <laughs> all that math has uh, left me. Like once you, <laughs> you don't do it in so long, I, I'm just like relying on the calculator. Um, but, exactly. Are you guys um are you guys doing anything um I got special or in particular to kind of honor that 60th anniversary? What do you guys got um, kind of got planned? Yeah, we uh, actually yesterday we had the first of a series of events. We had we invited all of our associates. We invited actually uh, people who've worked for us in the past, alumni we call them, mm. and we had a party yesterday. We've got an event where uh, we have a local minor league team, the Columbus Clippers. We're doing a big event oh. there. Jim's thrown out the first pitch, yeah. and somebody we know is singing the national anthem. This guy. Really? Yes. You're, you're singing the national anthem? Wow. I'm singing the national anthem. Are I'm, you a singer, or is this just a – We'll find out, won't we? Oh. <laughs> That's cool. No, I, I'm, uh, I'm freaking out about it. I mean – because, of course, I've got all these stories. As soon as I told people I'm doing it, they're like, oh, yeah, so-and-so. Yeah, they blanked out in the middle of it and messed oh, up the words. So I'm actually, right after this, I'm going over to the ballpark to, to rehearse it. So, oh, yeah, I play, in a ba- I play in a bluegrass band, so I'm a, I'm a singer, and I, I do a little songwriting on the side. Okay, yeah, we can see the guitar in the background there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny though. Like the the national anthem is. Have you ever just tried to stop and sing it? Like right now, as much as you think you know it, it's like once you start, I, I realize it's 
I don't know the words. Well, go, go ahead and give it a shot, Danny. Okay. <laughs> you know, like you sing along on TV and then you're like, but once you don't have that help, it's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, but, um, I'm sure well, obviously I'm, you, I'm an you old PR guy. I'm an old PR guy. So I figure even if I mess it up, at least, at least maybe I'll go viral and it'll get, you know, awareness for Donato's. What the heck? Donato CEO messes up national anthem. Yeah, right. seven, seven million views on YouTube. And, and you'll you'll say, I remember that guy that used to be the CEO of Donato's. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, he, uh, he he forgot the words, but the pizzas sure are good. So, so uh, we're doing that. And then uh, the other thing is, on the actual day, we're going. Our first location is still there. So this is the oh. the store that Jim opened. And he actually, the family lived in the house behind the store. Uh, the house isn't there anymore, but that store is still around, uh, even though the neighborhood's changed quite a bit since those days. But we're going back to that store, and we're bringing all the new technology that we've been working on to that first store. So... Um, Jim has gone on to, he has a, a company that's called Agape Automation and he's developing and he's very hands-on. It's not just, you know, hiring people to come up with this stuff, but he's uh, developing automated pizza making equipment that we've mm -hmm. got in some of our stores and mm -hmm. we're going to put everything that he's worked on in this one store uh, and kind of do a, the old and the new coming together kind of a thing. It's going to be cool. Yeah. I've seen a lot of automation in pizza recently. You know, I mean, you have sort of the one end of the spectrum where you're actually having these like pizza making robots that are concepts that are like vending machines almost. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what do you think of all that? I mean, to me, you know, obviously it's cool. Um, I'd have to taste the product to have a strong yeah. opinion, but then also I do think that they're, you know, I think a brand like Donato's, there's so many people who remember it from moments in their lives that it's hard to recreate that if you're just trying to live off of being a a margin friendly type of business and and nothing else, right? So, right. I mean, what well, what do you think about all that tech and how you infuse it into what you do? I think you kind of said it first. I think you got to make sure you're not putting the cart before the horse or whatever you want to say. It's like you've got to have a great tasting pizza and if you get a great tasting pizza located in as many places that it makes sense mm -hmm. and we all know that we've got to work on you know labor and, and that's a challenge and so if there's the way the way we're looking at it is if there are monotonous tasks that can be uh, automated which then saves labor, which we can take those dollar savings and pay our people more. So we have fewer people working, but getting paid more and better jobs. Uh, and you're still producing a great pizza. That's great. Now, can that go all the way to a fully automated pizza uh, operation? I don't know, maybe, but I, I don't think starting there, uh, is necessarily the answer. I think, you know, yeah. I, I've, I've tasted some pizzas and in, in some of the fully automated and there, some of them aren't very good. And, you know, ultimately people are going to decide where to buy pizza based on 
yes, it's it is is it convenient and it tastes great. Mm. But yeah, I um I actually like the way that the um the new Starbucks CEO said this the other day with the automation in the factory and people in the uh, theater. <laughs> right. I, th- I thought that was a good a good concept, uh, and I, I think it's sort of where um where a lot of this is probably going on a lasting term. I, yeah, I think some of those automat concepts work for certain markets, um, you know, and probably not for others, but the idea that you can automate things in the back that people don't notice, you know, seems like a win to me. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're actually making a lot of progress on, uh, you know, there's the production side. So there's, you know, saucing and cheesing and putting pepperoni on a pizza and cutting it. Um, and then there's the, you know, taking the orders and dispatching the orders. You know, the, there's obviously with digital on the front end of taking the orders. And then how do you work with like third party when you need to, to be able to deploy the, the orders? I think just thinking about how, how technology can facilitate the process, whether it's mm-hmm. taking the order, making the pizza or delivering the pizza is really what we're we're just thinking about the, the journey and, uh, you know, optimizing it where we can. And if it works, it's great. And, and yeah, we've, we've got some, some cool new pieces of equipment that are, have a lot of promise. So. Well, Tom, I, Tom, I wanted to ask you about, um, uh, about, uh, Jim, you know, before you had mentioned, uh, his company, um, you know, you remember, you, you know, you mentioned him celebrating his 80th. And uh, I was curious about, you know, how involved he was still, you know, around the company. If he's like kind of, you know, walk around the hallways and kind of whispering, I don't know about this, Tom. I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> or uh, um, what, what if he's like, you know, still like kind of like passing along pointers or anything. I just wanted to know, like, you know, what he still what he still likes to, uh, you know, provide to the company. I mean. Him, the, the idea he's uh you know connected himself to automation i mean is really fascinating um you know, such a you know kind of a cutting edge kind of thing um and i know there's a lot of like uh um elder statesmen in the industry who probably um you know scoff at that kind of stuff so the fact that he's so engaged with some some such such a forward uh thinking thing is um you know very impressive on his part so uh yeah i was just curious about you know what uh jim is up to you know from the day to day He's, he's a fascinating person and he, he has, I've never seen anybody who has an ability to be inspiring and be a visionary and, 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 you know, his, his main thrust is making sure that we're fulfilling this higher ideal of being a company that, uh, you know, it may be corny, but, you know, follows the golden rule. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, not everything is just a transaction. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you're, it's about, so he's got that whole piece that is really the differentiator, but then over here, he's way into the future. I mean, he's, he brings back, I, I mean, I always have to say, yeah, I, I swear we know about this and we're working on it, but he's, mm-hmm. he, he, uh, was a part of singularity university way early. He's, you know, coming back, you know, talking about, uh, AI before anybody else was, he's talking about food trends. And so he's just a, he's a forward thinking person. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's, 
he's working every day over now he's you know about 400 yards away in a separate building working on this equipment so he's not uh you know wandering around here as much uh i will tell you that when i first took the job because he i became ceo like 12 years ago and he moved out and quote retired <laughs> and he failed at retirement so well, yeah. yeah some people would think uh ah, you know this would be a good time to you know relax and and it, it kind of drove him crazy so mm -hmm. but you know he was very much allowing me to lead because he trusted that i understood the mission of the company uh, but but to your question it was funny ben when you said that because when I first started in this job, I swear I could hear in the hallways people going, to, I wonder if Jim knows. <laughs> you know? Yeah, now, now that voice is just in your head at all times. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think you, you talk about the golden rule there in Donatos. And, you know, we actually ran a you know feature recently with Jane where she was talking about a lot of these things. And, you know, just the fact, I mean, her title is chief purpose, you know, officer and executive chairwoman of the board, which, you know, there aren't a lot of those out there. Um, you know, she's even got a book on it. So, you know, I guess talk a little bit about her role. I, I think um, that really speaks to, you know, obviously the family part of the business and who they are, but also just the fact that that's such a core focus of, of making sure that, you know, that element of the operations and how you treat people and the community side and all the philanthropy and things like that is just going to remain, you know, kind of out there front and center. Yeah, she, um, you know, she, she, this is the only job she's ever had. She's worked for Denos for 45 years. So uh, since she was two, no. Uh, it wasn't two, but it was. <laughs> See, I'm already going to be in trouble. See, this is why I said, can you cut anything? No, yeah, she's. Uh, control now. <laughs> she. Uh, that was well done, though. I, I appreciate it. Thank that. you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but she, she and her dad are this great combination because her dad, you know, holds the ideals. But, you know, he was running the business, you know, when it was a pretty macho, male dominated type time you know it was all guys and it was about pizza production and you know it was pretty macho and so she could translate and has always been able to translate the ideals into action like you know treating others the way you want to be treated or whatever like what does that mean and she's she's kind of the heart of the company and you know she has she's taught me a lot you know, when I first came here, I came from Wendy's. I was with Wendy's, which also is a company that had a great culture, uh, certainly the time that I was there. And I worked with Dave Thomas. And so, I, I mean, I learned from some amazing people, but but I don't think I got quite, you know, the meaning of uh, leading with love as what Jane's been able to kind of show people. And it's like, slow down. When you're talking about people, like even if you've got to let somebody go, how do you do that with dignity and you treat them the right way? And it may take you a little more time and it may cost us a little bit more, but the way you treat other people ends up kind of 
you know, going out into this field of energy that comes back to us. It's like, you know, like this alumni thing, you know, you got people coming back that, you know, some of them, you know, are people that we had to let go, but they still love the company and love the brand. And there's just something really powerful about the how you deal with people that I think she has always had. And she's, she kind of holds the beacon for that and everybody learns from her. So, yeah. So one of the questions we asked her kind of these quick hitters was what her first job was. And she said she was working with her grandma and grandpa making pizza dough. I guess we'll save uh, what age she was. <laughs> but, but so what's, um, so Tom, what's your answer to that question? What was your uh, first job? My first job, I was uh, a shoe shine boy and I cleaned the restrooms uh, at a golf course in town. I was 13. Mm. And uh, the main reason I got the job was they'd allow me to drive a golf cart. So I thought that would be cool. But uh, yeah, I shine shoes and, and, clean men's the the shower in the men's locker room it was disgusting that sounds awesome yeah (laughs) and you know it's old school when they're shining shoes at a golf course too or at least very uh must be a nice golf course i i was the the problem i had is i'm a extreme extrovert so i couldn't just sit sit in a a locker room and wait for people to show up i you know i'd start tapping my foot and then i'd wander around and then I'd find people with scuffed up shoes and tell them to come back and shine their <laughs> shoes. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll ask you the second question too, um, which was what your favorite menu item is. She, her answer was original pepperoni pizza topped with a hundred pieces of crispy. So she was out. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you, you could tell she's a, uh, she's got that corporate she's message. In there, yeah. But, there you uh, go. Nice. Eight, eight smoke provolone. And, ah. uh, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, did but she mention that the pepperoni is 35% leaner than the competition? She didn't mention that part. <laughs> no, she didn't get that in there. Although I have, <laughs> I have seen that in releases before. She also likes the cauliflower crust. So, well, but, you know, we are married. So I, I actually agree with her on both parts. Uh, pepperoni pizza is definitely my favorite. And, uh, and the cauliflower crust is fantastic. And it's, you know, it's, it's a little healthier and, Mm-hmm. It's it's really good. Well, Tom, I guess um, another question. Um, you know, one of the, the bigger ventures that you guys have taken on in recent years is the one with uh, Red Robin, and um, it seems to be you know the benefits seem to be very reciprocal on on both ends. You know, I've done you know several Red Robin um, earnings calls, and you know, re- reading through and just listening to um, the leadership just. They always have a section in there when they talk about how much better their stores perform with the Donatos in there with the same store sales and all this other stuff. That there's, just, there's a stark difference between stores that have it and stores that don't. And uh, I know you guys are you know continuing to make progress on that rollout. So just uh, I guess talk about it from your guys' end on you know what um, the benefit, biggest benefits you guys have seen from that Red Robin partnership and where you got, what kind of stage you guys are at with the, with the launch. Yeah, it's been fantastic. I, I will tell you, going into it, we were a little cautious. I mean, we had already hooked up with a hamburger chain at one time. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so we wanted to make sure this was something that would work for both of us. You know, it's funny, Ben, because at, at the time we were looking at, we kind of like peeled back the onion on Donatas and, and saw our operating platform, which was really efficient, can produce high volume, easy to train quality, consistent product. And we said, well, let's 
take the smallest version of that and figure out how can, you know, how can we go into non-traditional locations and all that kind of, and we didn't really have a program. We were just at the beginning of that. And that's when they called us, you know, their, their needs were, um, you know, traffic, um, off premise. And, you know, this is before even the boom and before the pandemic, but how they drive off premise, how do they reinforce family with, you know, kind of their positioning. So pizza made, Pizza in general made a lot of sense. And then our pizza made the most sense because of our platform. It's not, you know, you're not mixing dough and you're not dealing, you know, it, it's a very simple process. So that was a benefit to them. For us, um, you know, we've got a great product. And largely that's because of some of the specific things Jane mentioned in her favorite pepperoni pizza that are, they're, they're custom ingredients. And when you've got so many customized ingredients, the dough, the sauce, the cheese, the pepperoni, it's not like you can just open up in Nevada, you know, mm-hmm. and call the, you know, the food distribution house and say, send us some cheese. We're in the pizza business. So we've always been kind of a regional chain. Once the Red Robin partnership happened, it allowed us to open our distribution lines. So instead of being in six distribution centers. We're in 26 distribution centers across the country. It allows us to grow system-wide and, and it builds our awareness. Uh, but I will tell you, it, if, if it wasn't for their culture, A, we wouldn't have done it and B, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have lasted. You know, and we've been through a number of leadership changes on Red Robin's part and it's still a culture match because, you know, at the store level, uh, at the very core, who they are and who we are are very similar. So mm-hmm. it, it's really been great. And GJ is really doing a lot of the right things that is going to, you know, take things to that next level. We're really excited about our partnership with him. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to remember if my memory serves me here from when this first became a thing. I, I feel like Red Robin talked a lot at the beginning that what they noticed or a lot of people were ordering them as appetizers, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> which I remember thinking was really interesting at for, you know, it was like they ordered it for the table and then the kids and, you know, they're breaking apart pizza. So in, in addition to it being something that was really helping them outside the four walls, it was turning into this, you know, really good add on product at a, you know, part of the dining occasion that they weren't seeing a lot of movement before. Yeah. Has, Which that, has, that, that, has that held up? I can't, I mean, this, I feel like. It has. It yeah. has. You're, you got a good memory because that was, uh, we were all kind of like, oh, wow, that's an added benefit. Cause that wasn't, and in fact, it's, it's a great benefit to them because their core is that dine-in eating experience for the family. And when you got kids there and they're having an appetizer and our pizza's cut those little squares, and so they're just kind of picking apart uh, a little, you know, a few squares of pizza before. Uh, so it's a good experience for the customer. And then the average check is significantly higher because of it. So yeah. it ended up being a good deal. I don't, I don't know why I remember that. Uh, my yeah. brain my brain is just full of this kind of stuff. If I, It'd be like the only thing I was useful for on a trivia team if that ever happened. <laughs> I think know nothing else about anything. I'll re- I'll remember that if I get on the trivia <laughs> team. I'm calling. You need a unit count on somebody. I would probably. Yeah. Help. 
And Ben, the math has lo- lo- left Ben, so we're not. We're not. <laughs> yeah, do not ask me to solve any kind of algebraic equations or anything like that. You're, yeah, Ben. Ben is like our. Uh, I would say he's the resident um, sports, uh, you uh, know, intelligent person around here. Yeah, one of those. That has left me. I used to that somehow my brain just stopped knowing that stuff. Exactly. Got replaced by Donato's and Red Robin uh, facts from 2019. <laughs> Come on, Ben, that get was. with it. Get with it. Red <laughs> Robin and Donato's facts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Tom, let's talk a little bit about the the growth of the you know the brick and mortar and the concept and and just what you all are doing um, these days. I, I think it was actually pretty recently, maybe in March, where you. You know, had somebody become you know second largest franchisee, so a lot of deals happening. But you know, what, what's just on deck in terms of uh, you know where you all are going? I think you're in the mid four hundreds unit count again. Random knowledge mm-hmm. in my brain, but uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, what's what's headed up here on the horizon for you? So you know the the Red Robin piece. We're you know uh, looking forward to the continuation of that. That's obviously a big piece uh, from a traditional franchise standpoint. We're we're up to 38 different franchise groups. I think five years ago, uh, that was maybe half of that. So we're we're much more of a franchise-driven organization. That's probably the, the the main piece. We'll open 10 traditional stores this year. We've got three that are opening uh, yet this quarter. Uh, we're opening our first traditional units out in the West in Oklahoma. And actually our franchisee in Oklahoma, we call them franchise partners. Our franchise partner, Oklahoma is the past chair of red Robin, Patty Moore, uh, who was chair of red Robin and interim CEO. Uh, after she left there, she put together a team with uh, some of her family and she's the franchisee in uh, Tulsa and Oklahoma city, which is kind of cool. So we're, you know, we're opening up the, like I mentioned, because of our ability to, uh, you know, follow the distribution channels, we're opening up our traditional franchise. So we'll see, you know, we'll do 10 this year. We'll probably double that the next year and that'll continue to grow. Um, So you've got really three prongs. You've got the traditional franchise, you've got Red Robin, and then you know, we're working on these other non-traditional, which would be uh, ghost kitchens. Uh, we're exploring uh, potential uh, fully automated concept, which I, I don't have enough that I'm able to talk about at this point. But uh, those are some areas we just want to make sure that we're, you know, moving forward with. So, you know, we've got Reef, uh, we've got some locations with Reef. Uh, we're looking at another ghost kitchen concept and and then again a fully automated concept so these are three different groups right and just kind of a, a broad question and and where Donato's fits in about the space these days in terms of dining you know uh, you know of course it disappeared there for a little bit when it wasn't even possible but you know what are you seeing now in terms of are people coming back is there a big demand for you know, that occasion to, to sit down in dining rooms or, you know, is it yeah. really becoming, you know, where you see some of the larger competitors are going completely away from it, you know, in favor of the carry out and take and delivery, but 
you know, what, what have you seen for your brand? You know, the, the biggest growth is off premise for sure. Uh, uh, and you know, the largest percent of our sales, you know, our dine-in percent has never been a whole lot more than, you know, 10 to 15%. Uh, on average, it's under 10% for our system. Some locations have more and, and some have less. I think the, it's starting to come back. I don't think it's, it's not where the biggest trend is and the biggest need is. We've always been in the off-premise business. So this isn't some sort of uh, kind of new or foreign thing that we're trying to figure out. Uh, what, what, what the challenge for us on the off-premise is we just have a lot more competition. I mean, I mean, look at your own, probably your own uh, consumer behavior. You, you probably are ordering delivered food that you never, you know, five years ago, you would have never even thought to have delivered. It's, yeah. it's just a different world. So. Yeah, that's for, for sure. I mean, yeah. back then it was what pizza and Chinese food and mm-hmm. anything else was kind and of weird. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> think, uh, so a little bit of it is competing for, you know, the staffing side for drivers and then just making sure that we're, you know, executing well, because when we do it well, it's the best, you know, we, we deliver a pizza in 25 minutes and it's hot and it's one of our, you know, associates delivering the pizza. It's a great experience. And I think we can, we can win out. So I just think it's, it's gotten a lot more competitive, but back to your question about dine-in, I, I do, we are seeing our business increase. And I think it's because, you know, people are wanting to hang out together more, you know, yeah, but um, Tom, before I let you go, I'm just curious, you know, have you ever had a customer say, you know, actually count the pepperonis on the pizza and say there was <laughs> nine, 97 of these on here? I want, you know, my money back. You guaranteed 100 or above. You, you think you, this, you breaking news here? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just curious because I could see somebody doing that because people. Actually, I do that. have I have a funny story. Yes, people will do that. Now, the, the inside baseball on this is we're not back there counting them when we put them on. Mm-hmm. We have scales, so we weigh our toppings to the hundredth of a pound. So if you hit – so you got a scale that tells you how much it should be. So mm-hmm. once you hit that, I already know by weight that it's going to be at least 100. It's usually 103, actually. So, But okay. people, will, people will say that. Funny story if you got time. Yeah. We were uh, – we were kind of doing our newest version of Donato's, the new branding and new store design. And we did a, uh, I don't know if you can see that picture in the back that has the hundred pepperonis. Yeah. Yeah. That's that the uh, our... picture I have as a onesie for my, uh, one yeah, that's one. right. Did you count them on the onesie? <laughs> well, my wife was like, what, what the hell is this? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it looked a little bit like a COVID, uh, thing yeah somebody said that i can see that now yeah but uh but so we get done with this design and we've got that on the wall we've got that on the boxes we've got and we're rolling it out in our first door to our associates and this uh, young lady raised i said you have any questions she raised her hand she goes do you know there's only 87 pepperonis on that graphic on the box (laughs) 
I'm like, you're kidding me. <laughs> oh and she God. was right. Nobody, nobody counted the, uh, so we, so we had to go back and redo everything to make sure there was a hundred pepperonis. Thank God for her, right? Yeah, I know. Well, so are there, so are there a hundred on the onesie I have? I gotta go and look at it. I gotta go check that now. I, well, that would be, I feel like that would be impossible. It'd be like the, the entire, you know what, will you, the... will you send me an email? And let me know for sure. And if there aren't, I'll just say that cause it's a hundred pepperonis on a large pizza. Uh, and you're uh, um, he's not a large pizza he's not a large pizza he, he's a he's a small or a medium so <laughs> that, that's my defense if that's what <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah i, yeah, I, don't, I don't it would be a lot would be a lot of circles if it was 100 on that tiny little piece of clothing I'll bet it but, is. but i will go count it when i go home okay. for sure dave just sent me a picture of him <laughs> Well, uh, well, Tom, thank you for joining us. Um, but again, you know, I'll give you a chance here in case there's something you want to add before, um, you know, we let you say goodbye. And also, you know, if there's maybe somebody out there who's interested in learning more about getting involved in the brand, what, what could be a good place for them to uh, reach out? Yeah, if they would just go to our website at uh, Donatos.com, uh, if you're interested in franchising, our, our interest in franchising has gone up about tenfold just in the last four months. So we are wow. we're busy yeah. uh, talking to a lot of people, but we want to talk to just the right people. So uh, the more the merrier from that standpoint. No, I'm just uh, appreciate uh, spending time talking to you. I you know I love the stuff that you write too. Uh, I'm always looking forward to uh, you know read really good and positive stories about the industry because it's a great industry that has created a lot of great leaders and uh it's nice to see good stories about it so i appreciate that yeah and, and at the end of the day you're writing about pizza you should be enjoying yourself exactly <laughs> exactly otherwise you got to go look in the mirror maybe and maybe you think that's a fad too or something i don't know <laughs> and you're crazy um okay. All right. Well, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Everybody out there who's listening, as always, we appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, guys.